Hello and welcome to another episode of Monday Night Therapy, where we seek to discover will Nebraska fans ever find happiness? Well, they I'm talk. happy. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because you're delusional. There's a well, difference there between happy that. and delusional. I do have that. I do have that going on. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. You're not happy? Well, I've I'm you know kind of yeah, no. <laughs> I mean my god, you go out and you you play probably the most complete game we've seen in quite a while from a Nebraska team. True. I mean even if you go back to last year, you know, they kind of patchworked things together in some of their few victories. In this game, we went out a little rough on offense the first half. Defense clicked all over the place. Special teams didn't embarrass anybody. And, and you know, you go out and you play good football, and everybody goes, yeah, all right. And then we get the news today that uh, two of our top three running backs are out for the season. What the hell? What What the hell? Well, it's football. People get hurt. They do, but we're you know we we talk about these things, son. You don't just sum it up. <laughs> well, so let's yeah let's get that out of the way so we can talk about the game and talk about about good things, things that make us happy. So, um, if uh, Here, let me put that up. If you haven't, uh, if people haven't heard, uh, Matt Rule announced today that uh, two of the top running backs. Um, in fact, I, I think in the last depth chart, the two top running backs uh, on the Nebraska Cornhusker team are uh, are done for the season. Gabe Urban suffered a dislocated hip. Ramir Johnson suffered a dislocated shoulder. And so they are finished for the season, um, which I think that is a huge loss. Uh, but I I, I don't think it's a loss that can't be overcome. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I thought Gabe Irvin, you know, he hasn't played a season yet where he hasn't been injured and missed games. Uh, and and I, I've i been impressed with him since the start of the season. He's the physical kind of running back, you know, that, you know, give him a little space and he's going to get you 12, 15 yards. Um, you know, I think he's been a real asset to the team. You know, John, I know you really like Ramir. Um, yeah. You know, he's kind of the Swiss Army knife of running back. So, um, you know, so it's it's next man up, and that's Anthony Grant, Emmett Johnson. And now they got to decide whether or not they're going to uh, tap into any of those um, freshmen that they've brought in that have come in with some pretty high accolades. So, um yeah, uh, it's it is a bummer. It is frustrating. I think I think the thing that bothers me most about uh, Ramir Johnson is that I I think that he would you know I think that he would be an NFL running back kind of a all around guy. You know what I mean? He he wouldn't be a running back you'd run at the line twenty times a game, but I think that he could be a good player in the in the NFL as one of those guys that can come out of the backfield catching passes or you know line up in a slot or something like that and I you know, just feel like you know it's it just sucks for the guy. Uh, somebody asked earlier I think in one of the comments I did a live thing at at noon today or around lunch hour today just because I thought I should do something about the news and then I thought well the easiest thing would be for me to go live because I was in the middle of work stuff and I can just click a few buttons and blab. Uh, somebody had asked is John, you know, Johnson is a senior. Oh, he's a, he's a junior. Somebody said, I, maybe I said he was a senior. They're earlier. both juniors, I think. Yeah, they are. Red shirt freshman, 2021, 2020 COVID season, 2019. He took his red shirt in his first season. So he is a junior. He didn't use his red shirt up this year. Uh, Johnson, I, well, I, they, neither of them used their red shirt up this year, so they both can return. And uh, Gabe and Irvin, Gabe and Irvin, Gabe Irvin is a sophomore. Uh, Caleb well, Ward says, I think they both use their red shirts, or have they? Well, Ramir Johnson has. I, I think Gabe Irvin has too. 
Yeah, I think you may have. I'm trying to be more prepared with looking this shit up. Well, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, um, you yes, know, they both, they both, they both have more time with Nebraska. Um, they both have been a little bit prone to injury, uh, which is unfortunate, but you know, I guess that's kind of the nature of running backs anymore. Um, and I, I really am disheartened for both of them. And, and like I said, Gabe Irvin's been, you know, kind of a favorite of mine since I first signed play. And, and so I'm kind of bummed from that perspective, but the leading rusher from last year has returned, you know, Anthony Grant, Anthony Grant had some nice carries, you know, this weekend and, um, you know, for some positive yards and it's time for him, you know, to man up and he's, he's, uh, he's the next one up. He's, he's the number one dog right now. And now we'll probably get an opportunity to see Emmett Johnson, who, when he was recruited out of Minnesota, uh, he came in with a lot of accolades, a lot of excitement about him. And like I said, we'll probably uh, maybe even see some people further down on the bench um, to get an idea. Now, um, I did see a comment in here. Uh, I'll, I want to put it up because, um, well, shoot. Uh, I started asked, a bunch of them. Well, somebody asked whether or not we'd uh, – that we thought whether that they'd uh, – Oh, here we go. Um, Harburg or Sims moves to running back uh, from Brian Hula. I don't think so. Um, you know, we, we need healthy quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, I, I can tell you from the very first game up at Minnesota, as much as um, Jeff Sims ran the ball, and in each game since, the number of times that quarterbacks have carried the ball for Nebraska – well, I thought one of the things Matt Rule had said was we're going to depend less on the quarterback run game. And I don't see much of a change from previous years in terms of, you know, how much the quarterback is carrying the ball. And Henry Carberg is not going to finish the season if he continues to take hits, to, if he continues to take hits and dish them out. Like he had, like he did on Saturday. I mean, he was wonderful. He looked like a bulldozer at times, but he he, he he's going to get banged up if if that's what he's if that's what's going to happen. Come on, Todd. Back in our day, <laughs> we ran with the quarterbacks. We didn't run them all the time, but they ran a lot. Nobody ever went. Boy, they better that Tommy Frazier said slide because he's a he might get beat no. up, and then we, you know what I mean. Come on. I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I just. You're just saying the youth are pansies, the no. <laughs> wimpier than we were, that they're soft. I am not saying that either. I'm just saying that the odds are that they will get bunged up. So that's that's what I'm saying. But wait a minute. Wait, okay, let's take some comments, mostly because this James Purdy thing. Hit me up here. James Part Marshall, what about Purdy at split back? We still need healthy. He might need to be a quarterback. Yeah. We have guys that we haven't heard of right. on the depth chart at running back. And we do we have like five fullbacks that probably can, you know, get in the backfield and do some stuff too. So I don't think we need to move roster. There doesn't need to move roster changes around as much as there just needs to be uh, you know, guys getting on the field that probably wouldn't have previously. Uh, got and on the field. Well, you know, there's another thing that uh, we can keep in mind too. You know, granted, we haven't heard or seen anything of the incoming freshmen, um, and and maybe they're not ready. But by the same token, you know, with the new redshirt rules, you can play in four games and still redshirt. And so, you know, maybe they use a little bit of a committee with some of these new guys. You know, get them a little game experience, but also, you know, save their eligibility. See that Roger Moore says nobody slid in the eighties. Nobody did because we just uh, you know our, our football. Yeah, we were tougher. We were tougher. Everybody I know smashed that. into everything. On the other hand, you know, with the just the general laws of physics, since nineteen eighty, I think the people have gotten a lot bigger, faster, and stronger. And therefore, you know, in physics, momentum is mass times velocity. So when you have two players that are much larger than they used to be moving at a greater speed and they're colliding, it's a much bigger collision in terms of physics and therefore leads to more injuries. Yeah. I, 
I think Anthony Grant, Emmett Johnson, you know, you go with those two guys and then you figure out what you have behind you. And, uh, you know, the truth be told, um, we need healthy quarterbacks too. So I'm not, I'm not really in favor. Um, I, I think, I think we're looking in the wrong spot to, to find a running back with those guys. Branson Chab says schematically, this could put the Cornhuskers in a very precariously precarious situation moving forward with the quarterback play they have. I, I don't disagree uh, yeah. with that. I think, I mean, I think that is cause for concern and, um, you know, it's nice. We've got Louisiana tech this coming week rather than Michigan to find out what we've got. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that Branson, no doubt. See, here we go. P equals MV mass times velocity yeah. momentum. Okay. So we I can do remember have, like some smart Nebraska fans. Huh? I can remember a little, some of the physics I had. Uh, okay. Comments. Uh, wait a minute. Well, go ahead. No, here's one from, from Linda. You, John, I will be married 55 years on Thursday. What are the odds Nebraska can go on that type of a run? Not as good as you having a 56th anniversary is what I'm going to say. Now, John, you might want to jump in. Um, so, <laughs> No, well, happy anniversary, Linda. Happy anniversary, Linda. I, I, I hope, pretty impressive. Uh, I hope I make it to 55 years uh, with with my uh, my beloved. <laughs> How many years has it been for me? Uh, you're 30 plus, 30-something, yeah. 35 maybe. I just hope I make it to the next year. That's all I do. I count like one week at a time. <laughs> I don't plan a lot much further out than a week. Uh, wait a minute. Uh Going on a 55-year run, I think it's all dependent upon how long your coaches stay together if you get a good coach. I mean, look at Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban came to Alabama. He got them going. Alabama's going to be as good as Alabama's been as long as Nick Saban is there. And even the Alabama people are like, oh, he's lost it. He should retire. Oh, we lost the game, but we don't look good. You know, Osborne went on a, what, 25, 30-year run? Pretty Well, 25 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive to go on that long a run, especially in day, today's age where you get fired for just about everything. But uh, the, the chances are very slim. 55 well, years, that's, that's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, I'll extrapolate that out a little bit. You know, 55, if over the course of the next – I would like to see Matt Rule coach 55 games at Nebraska and, you know, when – 70% of them. So, you know, I, if we could go on that kind of a run uh, for the next 55 games, I'd be really happy with that. You know what the most impressive thing about that is, Todd? What? She's been with the same man for 55 years and she hasn't murdered him. Do you I've, remember Billy Graham's wife said when they asked if had she ever thought about divorcing him, she said, divorce? No. Murder? Homicide? Yes. <laughs> well we should move um, on now yeah well hey you know let's let's talk a little bit about the game um wait a minute i gotta put up one more thing oh okay jazz flute right at the beginning jazz flute says good content these ai picks are trash though he's talking about the thumbnails i use for the monday night show i do generate them with leonardo leonardo ai and and no, I tried not to pick the ones that are like nightmare inducing because there are some of those, but I do try to pick the weird ones. Uh, thanks for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So thanks, <laughs> thanks jazz flute. So, um, okay. Can we talk about the game a little bit? We could talk about the game a little bit. So, you, you know, you had the ad advantage of being able to watch it on TV with replays and all of that kind of stuff. I was in the stadium. Um, I'll, I, I want you to go first. You know, John, what did you what are your overall perceptions of the game? What, what did you think during the game? And, and, you know, once the dust cleared, what, what are your thoughts? You know what I didn't do? I think the biggest thing for me is what I did not do during the game. I did not feel like whenever Harburg went back to pass, I didn't feel like my whole world was going to collapse at any moment. Every time I didn't hold my breath a lot. 
I didn't like, oh God, there's a snap. They put a guy in motion. Will he actually get the snap? You know, I never did that. That is, that's different. You know, for these first two games, it's been uh, kind of like, ah, ah, ah. you know, it's constant. God. I, and I, Heinrich, I mean, Heinrich Harburg at the beginning, when he goes back to pass, we've all heard, oh, he's not a very good passer. And then he went out and he actually, zipped it. Yeah. Threw some really good passes. So, I guess that was it. That's the biggest thing I took away from it is that I didn't just freak out all the time on offense. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, the thing that did bother me, I'm just going to capitalize a little bit on what you said there from where I was at. Now, you know, I'm way up there on the East side. Um, it really bothered me how many passes uh, Heinrich Harburg kind of slung sidearm, you know, kind of the whole Patrick Mahomes thing. Right. And, you know, but then again, you know, understand where my my perception of what I saw I mean that frustrated me a little bit because I think sometimes and and you know I don't he wasn't picked off but I think sometimes trying to make something out of nothing is a problem that being said you know maybe more time out there on the field he'll take a couple of steps so he can get a little bit more on the ball um you know I, I I'll tell you what I was impressed with his performance I thought he played very well um you know, even that turnover, he was standing there trying to make a play. Um, you know, I I don't I don't have anything negative to say about Henry Carberg. I thought the defense played once again. I'll tell you what, they are a blast to watch. I I, I you yeah. know what did I hear? You know, they're playing 27, 28, 29 yeah. guys a game. I yeah. mean, holy crap, you gotta have your scorecard right in front of you to even figure out who's out there. There is a liability out there. There is a liability, and the coaches found it, and they benched him later on. Uh, I hope we don't see 31 on defense anymore. Um, he, he gets beat, and I don't know what it is. He must oh. just have – he must have tremendous athletic ability, you know, um, because they use him on both sides of the ball. You know, they run him deep. He's got some speed. They haven't connected with him yet. But, boy, I'll tell you what, um, he got burnt at Colorado. And he got burnt twice uh, the other night. And uh, he also had a, a, an interference call against him. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, he's, he's, he's easy to like because he's a likable kid. But by golly, he's got to play better on defense. That's my only negative, you know, to say on the night. Branson Chab with a super chat. Thank you, Branson. I find the injuries particularly concerning because of the upcoming Big Ten games and the uncertainty within the offense. It will be fascinating to see how Coach Rule adapts to this. Uh, well, they have one week against Louisiana Tech to get a little bit less, you know, uncertainty with the team. So I they've got I think they've gotten better week by week. I think they have to, um, and maybe, but it's maybe, a huge challenge. It is a huge challenge. Maybe it I was got getting one here. Okay. Roger Go Moore ahead. says the good news is that Todd's not on IR. Well, I do appreciate that. You know, I try to show up, you know, a little injured, a little bummed up after the game, but you know, otherwise I'm, I'm feeling good. And Roger also said, Todd's looking good. Um, I try. Um, I do shower daily. Um, I, I, I don't understand all of the Todd love. And then all of a sudden, Fred, Todd's looking good. Wonder if he ended up on the volleyball team's hot dudes calendar. Um, if there is a volleyball team, hot dudes calendar, I would like to be on that, that calendar. I don't consider myself a hot dude, but, um, to be, this would do it for you. This would well, be like a to be associated with a volleyball team in any way, shape or form. I'd love, I'd love that. <laughs> You know, so, you know. And okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, we've got, we got to have better stuff to talk about than that. Uh, let's see. Michael Hansen, the positive is that Grant gets a chance to shine and be a star if he is able to, line willing, and he stays healthy. You know, I think we saw a lot of Grant's uh, running abilities in the Northern Illinois game where he just made yardage. I yeah. I guess as long as he can hang on to the ball, I mean. Hey, let's talk about that just a minute. I read okay. something. I, I understand that prior to the start of the year, you know, he found himself at number three on the depth chart. 
Matt Rule came out and said he's got to correct some fumbling issues. And they had said in the previous scrimmage he had some fumbles. Do you remember that guy fumbling last year? Grant? Yeah. I don't. I don't either. Not I, I you know, my memory isn't the best. Well, mine isn't either. I, I don't know. Really, anyway, I'll look. go ahead. I'm glad you know, to see that he's going to have a, another opportunity to be the starter out there again. They don't track fumbles per player. Oh, I understand that. David, David Matt says, says, go ahead, John. Don't you think the kids today are faster and stronger and played more hours, therefore more prone, prone to injuries? What do you think of that, Todd? Kids today are faster. Kids today are stronger. But part of strength and conditioning programs is to make you less susceptible to injury. Right. Um, so, you know, that was the whole idea behind Boyd Epley and, and uh, you know, Husker power back in the day. That all being said, John mentioned earlier, you know, the mass times velocity. Um, you know, some of those collisions out there are vicious. And the human body can only sustain so much. But I'm going to look at the second part of this. You know, they play more, therefore they're more prone to injuries. You know, I don't know if this is necessarily true in football. It's certainly true in other sports, what they call overuse, because right. kids are focusing on one sport. And maybe that is the case with football players, because we know that there are football players that, you know, all they've done is play football. And uh, so maybe some of that overuse is is uh, prevalent with with some with some players but um i don't know it's it's a tough game and um you know they can talk all they want to back you know about back in the old days and you know they've done things to try to make it safer out on the field for players um you know when john and i were kids we both remember jack tatum and how he could just lay people out i mean he was just vicious vicious he yeah. was a missile but you know watching these guys today and having been down close to the field occasionally um they punish people i mean it is it is an incredibly physical game fred sacco gives us a super chat john didn't hide in his ruleberry bush this game you know what it was at night and it's dark in my backyard and I thought about turning the light on, but then I thought, you know, I don't want to go in my, I got to find different ways to do the reactions, but uh, you know, the, the whole being dark out thing is a kind of a concern. So no, I didn't. There are a lot of people that commented that I was sitting in poison Oak. It's a big giant raspberry bush in my backyard, which produces delicious, fresh raspberries during the, uh, the summer. Justin Rogie earlier says, John, did you hear you got a shout out from Husker Sports Radio during the pregame show? No, I didn't hear anything about that. I what what was that about? Uh, I'll throw this one up here. You know, Charles, thanks for bringing up this memory. Right. 21 catches for 405 yards. Troy Edwards tore up the Huskers defense in a loss. That was a Louisiana Tech game that I think a lot of Nebraska fans would just as soon forget. Um uh what was the quarterback's name, Rattay or something like Tim that? Tim Rattay, yeah. Tim Rattay. Holy smokes. I mean, you really had to question if Nebraska was any good watching the way that those two guys connected and just shredded the team. That's been quite a few years back. I think, uh, you know, I think in that game, who was – was Solich the coach? Was it? I think it was Solich the coach. He let Ralph Brown cover uh, – Troy Edwards in that game. If I remember right, it was one of the Browns. I think it was Ralph Brown. But he couldn't stay with him. And I think our coaches looked at him and said, hey, if you want experience covering a guy that's been going to be in the NFL, there he is. Do your best. And they didn't really change the defense a lot. They just – I mean, there was no threat to Louisiana Tech winning that game. But him putting up 405 yards as a receiver was, was pretty amazing. I remember it. Toward the end of the game, Tim Rattay would uh, would be screaming at him to get back to the line of scrimmage, and Troy Edwards was so exhausting from running fly routes he could barely walk back to the line of scrimmage. It was uh, it was pretty wild. Maybe we'll see that this weekend, Todd. Well, if so, I hope it's one of our guys. I I don't think <laughs> so. 
you know, I don't know. I, I'm real curious about the, I don't know anything about Louisiana tech though. So I, I don't even know what to expect. Many hunt says, Hey, John Harburg's nickname is H. Is that true? I asked, I said something in the post game reaction video about what he needs a nickname H just H. What the hell is that? That's not a nickname. It's like something you can text easily. <laughs> it's just, uh, well, Mike, thanks for uh, bringing me back to reality. Uh, yeah, I do, in fact, resemble a volleyball. So <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> um, so, John, you know, you, you always ask me this question, so I'm going to ask you before you have a chance to ask me. What? Did you watch any other football this weekend? <laughs> yes, I did. So what what did you see? Well, I saw the Big Ten West that is still having a hell of a time with everything. And uh, you know what I saw? I saw Penn State and Illinois play, and that game was closer than the score indicated. But at the same time, uh, Illinois, I, I don't know how many interceptions their guy threw, but uh, they were a quarterback away from making it a much more competitive game. But their defense is still – you know, has a lot of issues. Let's see. Uh, Wisconsin beat Georgia Southern 35 to 14. Their first half was atrocious. And, you know, you kind of looked at it, put it this way. Wisconsin has struggled until they started going back to what they've always done. And that's, they, they started letting Braylon Edwards take over the game and just get a chunk yardage against the golden Eagles. Uh, Let's see, Indiana, Louisville, that one's not Indiana. I, I Tom Allen's got to be fired at the end of this season. Did you did I, you watch any of the save Brian Ferentz's job game? I, I didn't. I watched bits and pieces of it. But, I mean, 41 to 10 out of the Western Michigan Broncos. Uh, he scored and then he scored and like what was there like 10 seconds left? And I he, was told I was told they scored with like 30 seconds left on the yeah. clock. You know, yeah. when they should have been taking a knee against an inferior right. opponent. But, you know, he's got to get that average up above 25. Uh, Northwestern, Duke beat them 38-14. to 14. Northwestern's just terrible. And uh, the Golden Gophers, I mean, we have Gophers fans that I live with, and we watched that whole game. And Minnesota, well, let's just say North Carolina was executed way better. Ethan K, Ethan Kaliak, Amonis. The Minnesota quarterback did not play very well. It wasn't a good game for Minnesota. And I, I, you know, there's still people that think they're going to win the Big Ten West. That's certainly a possibility because the Big Ten West looks like, well, it looks like, quite frankly, uh, you know what it looks like, Todd? It looks like a trash heap that somebody needs to, it's still going to be at the top of the trash heap. You know what I mean? And you're going to go, yeah, I'm the king of this mountain. And you're going to look over at the East champion and go, oh, God. So it's kind of like in the Big Ten West, the first one that gets it, that gets it figured out may be the one that's the last one standing. That's, ex that's exactly it. I think that's it. I mean, Wisconsin's uh, – Tanner Mordecai did not look very good at times. Uh, it really is, I think, going to come down to who figures their team out the fastest this season. And, and I put it between Iowa – and I think they had kind of had their team figured out. It's a matter of keeping Cade McNamara healthy. Uh, Minnesota, but I, I don't know. I think I'd put them down. Nebraska, and then who? one more team. Come on. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, if Wisconsin yeah. could figure out their offense, I, I think they're going to be in good shape toward the end of the season. Washington beat the living snot out of Michigan State because Washington is pretty decent, and Michigan State – is uh, absolutely lost. I, 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 you know, the news was today about Mel Tucker at Michigan State that uh, they had officially fired papers to notify him he's being fired. Filed papers. Filed papers, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. apparently there's a process to this whole thing where you torture a guy. You send him like emails. You say, you're going to get fired. You're not yet, though. You're going to lose a shit ton of money. Millions, in fact, but not yet. It's coming soon. I mean, think about that. That's just uh, – God, that sounds terrible. Uh, Purdue lost to Syracuse. I just – again, who's going to win the Big Ten West? Ew, I don't know. Again, well, if, we, if we can figure this out – if we can figure out our offense, I think we figured out two-thirds of the game. But if we can figure out our offense, then I think we're, we're going to be in decent shape.
I think we would be too. And, um, you know, it, another game, another game to try to get it right. Unfortunately, um, not with uh, the top running backs. So, um, well, what about this one, John? Uh, any thoughts on the late hit on Travis Hunter in the Colorado game? How about the Colorado game in general? Did you watch it? I, I stayed up and watched the whole thing. Yeah, I, I because it was a good it. game. I mean, it was, you know, I honestly, I'll be blunt. I wanted to watch Colorado lose and they, they should have lost, but Colorado state uh, punched the ball the way down to the Colorado, like one yard line and Colorado give them credit. They took apart that prevent defense and soft coverage. It's if, you know, they kind of went, Oh, look, they're in soft coverage against our speedy receivers. We're going to throw the ball all over, you know, and Colorado came back and won. Uh, David says, any thoughts on the late hit on Travis Hunter in the Colorado game? Uh, well, number one, it's part of football. I mean, I'd see a lot of people on Twitter saying the kid that hit him uh, should have been suspended, should be suspended by the conference. Come on. It's a late hit. He got pers- He got penalized for what the, the penalty is on the field. If it wasn't Travis Hunter, nobody would give a shit about this whole suspension thing. And in fact, Travis Hunter put out a video of himself saying in a very cute onesie, uh, that's part of football. Basically, he just said it's football and I just, you know, need to put up with it. I think there's a lot of people that would say, um, you know, he kind of he deserved it for trash talking. And I think in football, when you're on a football field, you know, trash talking does bring that out in people. Uh, The other thing I'd say is I've just lost it. My God, what? what, The kid who hit him, apparently his parents' cell phones have been published on the internet. They've gotten death threats. They've been doxxed where their addresses have been published on the internet. Uh, apparently because, you know, I I don't know if it's Dion, the whole Dion environment that creates that, or if it's just shitty Colorado fans, which is redundant. But uh, I, that kid doesn't deserve to be to have all the shit thrown at him. It's stuff that happens on a football field. I mean, it's not like – I don't think he personally went out and tried to injure him. And then the other thing people keep bringing up is uh, Shadir uh, Sanders tried to poke a kid in the eye during the game, and nobody did anything yeah. about that. Nobody seemed so, to do, bother with that, yeah. Yeah. Well, Fred Sacco says, I went to bed when CSU was up 28-20, happy that they were winning and not wanting to see the end, but God hates me. Um yeah, I, I went to bed in uh, at the start of the fourth quarter myself. You know what blew my mind? and Because I missed – I was driving home from the game in Lincoln, and so I missed the early part of the game. But <laughs> right before halftime, they threw a graphic up that between the two teams, they had 16 penalties, and they'd already had two yeah. dust-ups between the team. You know, the, get used to it. And that's going to be – you know, that's one of the reasons why um, – Colorado is going to be primetime viewing all season. And Deion Sanders has been a master at getting the spotlight on himself. Uh, back when he was in college, yep. he was just the same way. And, um, you know, they they will have everyone's attention, whether they're, you know, as good of a football team as they think they are, or if they're as good a football team as other people think they are, people are going to be watching, you know, whatever happens. Now, what? They got SC coming up, don't they, this weekend? I think. Uh, yeah, Oregon. They have Oregon, Oregon? first, I think, okay. yeah. So, you know, maybe there'll be a little bit of a reality check there. <laughs> um, who knows? <laughs> okay. Wait, there was another one. Come on. Uh, MWI87 says we'll be lucky if two of our wide receivers reach 405 yards for the year collectively. Todd, who's the top receiver and how many yards does he have? Uh, Through three games. Huh? Through three games. I'm going to guess Billy Kemp, the fourth. He's third. Thomas Fedoni. He's fourth. Marcus Washington. He's second. <laughs> Alex Bullock is the top receiving. Re- oh, top sure. Receiver. Yeah, he's number 84. He's number 84. He's, he, he's yeah. the top receiver so far, and he has 89 yards. 
<laughs> receiving. So uh, MWI 87 may not be too far off with his assessment. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mini Hunt with a super chat for John to say Shadir the best. Shadir, you know, I'm really terrible with names. Uh, did I say it right? I don't know. Maybe. John, I don't have my glasses on. What? MWI87, John and Todd, you're both currently on camera. Are you taking that personally? Yes. Oh, I, oh, now I get it. I, get I it. It take everything it. personally. I do too. Everything's personal with me as well. That's why I yeah. go on the internet. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay, let's 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 go there. Um, with this comment? Well, this this kind of goes a direction that I wanted to talk a okay. little bit about. Ted Hilker, um, I have Ted a question Hilker. for you. I have a question for you. Yeah. Ted Hilker, I really wish we could top Sims into playing running back. Now hold that. There's a lot of coaches who believe in the philosophy that you should not lose your starting job to injury. Do you believe in that philosophy? I believe that Jeff Sims should and will start the game on Saturday. I believe that. Um, Jeff Sims deserves an opportunity to show that he is the number one quarterback. He hasn't had the chance to play in front of a home crowd. He's played quarterback. He started the game against two power five teams. Um, we all know he shot himself in the foot. Those, those turnovers are his fault. But going into this season, he was the number one guy, and he deserves an opportunity to show that he is the number one guy. Now, that is a way around your question. Do I believe you should lose your starting position due to an injury? I don't think so. Uh, Tom Osborne had that philosophy, um, you know, and, and other coaches do too. So, why? And why? Why? Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, just There's got to be a reason behind a philosophy, Todd. Well, if you if you come back from that injury and if you are playing at the same level or if you are practicing at the same level or better, I think you should have an opportunity to go back out there and win your job. I, th I think so. Okay, now you can answer the question that I put away. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about Jeff Sims running back? I guess I don't know. We need quarterbacks. Yeah. We have a lot of running backs. We, we need do. quarterbacks. You know, I heard we heard the same thing back with uh, Adrian Martinez. We heard the same thing with Taylor Martinez. We, yeah, we did. You know, anytime we have a really good running or running quarterback, uh, for some oh. reason, people seem to think that they should be a running back. I, It's a different position. Alex Fall with a very good point. Penal, and this is why we. This is why I like doing the shows live, is because I, I'm I'm don't like to pretend I know everything. And Alex has an ex, a very good point. Penal, Alex says penalizing players on the depth chart because of injury creates an environment where players try to hide injuries. Don't you think, Todd? I think it does, and I I think that that's could be detrimental. Yeah, that and, would be bad. You know, especially with the head injuries that we know more about now. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay up watching some of the chat. And, and you know, I understand that a lot of quarterbacks and the two that Nebraska has been playing this year, they could play other positions. You know, Harvard could play tight end. Jeff Sims maybe would be a decent running back. You know, I mean, they could play other positions, but right now they're quarterbacks and we need quarterbacks. James Marshall comes in and says, Sims lost his spot due to poor play, not injury. The I think the only one that could right. determine – I think the the one that would determine that is Matt Rule. But, uh, you know, I, I I agree with Todd. I think we're going to see uh, Jeff Sims start this game against Louisiana Tech and uh, – We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, if he's, if he's going to continue to turn the ball over and put the season in peril, I would think that Matt Rule would pull him out and put Heinrich, put H in. H. Uh, let me, before we go on to Fred's comment here, though, let me say this. He will be on a very short leash. 
Yeah, if Simmons is out there, you know, it, it, he's not going to get three turnovers before they pull it. I mean, you know, it's not going to be like that. What what Henry Carberg did the other day, besides, you know, being the quarterback on the winning team, you know, he showed that Nebraska has an option. He Man, showed that there is an option to Jeff Sims. If Jeff Sims can't go, if Jeff, Jeff Sims can't make the plays, if he can't take care of the turnover problem, Nebraska has another option. Fred Zacco with a super chip. Thank you, Fred. Enough Sims at running back. He's a quarterback. Handles the ball as well as our former head coach. Allegedly handled a recruiting visit in Arizona, but he's still a quarterback. And then uh, Jason Reeves comes in with, isn't Monkey Marker still here? Start him. No, Matt Masker has moved on. <laughs> and for some Monkey reason, Marker might be the best one, though, that I heard. In case you I don't heard. know what we're talking about, uh, Matt Masker, I think that I entered, he wrote his name wrong in an article. And because of the alliteration of his name in game threads throughout the years, he was on the team. Uh, people would call him every different name except their, his real name. It was funny in the game threads. He had to be there. But uh, no, he's not. Money Marker has moved on, and uh, he is no longer with us. There are some other guys that we haven't even talked about ever. Do you know who they are, Todd? No, I want you to tell me. Well, should we go through that, or should we uh, – <sighs> Should we – you know, come – pick a comment – Put it up there. Put your glasses up. Can you read? I'm just grabbing this one. What does it say? <laughs> it says you're a wiener boy. Cornhusker oh, Corner says. Everything I've just been saying. Oh, that's a good one, Todd. Corner. But you took it away. I was just going to read it. Cornhusker Corner says yes. And Sims notes showed Nebraska has no option. Seven turnovers in two games and four years of, of being the turnovers leader at quarterback in college football. I don't think he's been around four years. I think he's been around maybe two. Dodd? Todd, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have uh, LASIK? Yes. Do you, and you still can't read? Well, I need reading glasses. I can. I thought. LASIK, I thought that. I thought the LASIK thing was supposed to take care of all. I of was that. nearsighted. It took care of my nearsightedness, so I can see very well far away. But I'm old like you, and I need glasses to be able to read. I know, thank you. Okay, I, you know, at quarterback, we still have Luke Longvall, who is a redshirt freshman from Sioux City, Iowa, and we have Jack Wosh, who is a redshirt freshman from Austin, Texas, and we haven't heard anything about the, either of those guys, so. Uh, you know, I, you know, maybe we could see, I, <clears throat> Charles Hallett, maybe we need to shout in the chat. <laughs> I have headphones on specifically. Well, I'm, I, let's move on. I'm not starring many comments. They're going by. Okay, Alex Fall, is there any chance of changes on the offensive line with Ben Hart being good for at least one, two, oh, no plays a game? I saw Latoski swap from time to time with Newili from time to time. I think they're playing. I mean, consider the fact that we have very, very, very few seniors on this team. I think that they are – we've all paid attention. Maybe I should finish a sentence. They are playing quite a number of people. I think on both offense and defense, and we paid more attention to the defensive numbers. Well, but, it uh, seemed like every time I looked out there, Lutowski was on the field. So I think he got quite a few snaps out there. They brought Teddy in when they ran an unbalanced line, and more often than not, he was on the right side of the line. You know, he's, I, I guess most of the time we've considered uh, Prochaska to be a left tackle. But uh, they put him out there on the right side next to Ben Hart quite a few times and round you know, ran some uh, power plays behind them. Um, so it's good that he's getting out there and getting some reps. Um, you know, it's the, the offensive line has to work people in. It's like about any other position. They've got to get people some reps 
you know, in under under game time situations. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, when you look at the the game book, right? They put out a game book after the game is over, and that is the official like scoring book for the game. And the game book always includes a participation report. So in this week's participation port report, we see like uh, you know Joshua Fleeks who was on the field, J- Chuba Purdy obviously on the field, uh, Taman Lynam, Malachi Coleman, uh, Ty Hahn. You know, Prince Will, again, that guy's on defense. Emmett Johnson was uh, on – I don't think he got in as a running back. I think he was in as – did he? I don't think so. He was on a – he was on one – no, not – he was on He's a, a kick return. return. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but there – I mean, when you go through, there's a – in the participation report, honestly, there's a whole gob of guys here that I have no idea who they are, to be honest. I should know these names, and I don't. Uh, Trayvon Rudolph, Isaac Hatfield, Jake Siebert, Joey Rattler. players. Probably. Oh, my God. I'm reading the fucking Northern Illinois guys. No. Well, <laughs> Talk about two old, They're not special yes, you, teams players. You're never going to get – you're never going to – you know what you get out of this show from two old guys that can't see or read or Well, anything. here's – Here's one that I can see and read. James Marshall says, we need Harburg to get more experience next week. If Sims plays well against Louisiana Tech, it means little. Sims not once but twice faded in the spotlight. Yeah, he did. And and Harburg does need some more opportunities. Um, but, you know, I'm going to put trust and faith in the coaching staff. And when, you, when, you, when it comes to um, – well, I'll tell you what. Say what you will. Um, Sims probably would have had a couple of touchdowns running Saturday um, with with the quickness and the speed that he's got, um, you know, on some of those runs that that Harburg had. Uh, I think Sims would have ran it to the house. Um, that being said, you know, nothing – I'm not taking anything away from Heinrich Harburg. He managed the game well, and he threw some nice balls. But – Let's see. Let's see what let's see what Jeff Sims can do at home against Louisiana Tech. Are you done now? With that one. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. You better put Fred up here. Fred Sacco, super chat. Thank you, Fred. He's not gonna get three turnovers before they pull him. Same as Bellema at a rub and tug in Champaign, Illinois. <laughs> he does these to make sure we read them. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, uh, fr- see, Fred, here's one without a super chat. Serious question. Do we think the Law Tech game, the Louisiana Tech game, will be a quarterback competition between Pepperidge Farm Sims and Triple H? No. You don't? No. I think Jeff Sims is going to play the game, and I think uh, I think Heinrich Harburg will come in in the fourth quarter. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to have to prepare myself for that thing that I said at the beginning that I did. Yeah, you're going to have this. to. I'm just going to like go, <gasps> <gasps> you know, all the, the whole freaking game when we're on offense, probably. <sighs> you're probably right. Okay, here's here's the wait. I you okay? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Carl Balgren says Scott has a bit of nasty in him. Wish the rest of the O-line did. Yes, Carl. I saw it at at uh, Colorado. He got flagged once um, for unsportsmanlike, and that didn't slow him down. He still has an edge to him. He plays with nasty, and uh, there was a lot of chippiness in the game on Saturday. There was a lot of after the whistle crap going on. And generally speaking, Ben Scott was somewhere in the middle of it. Yeah. I'd like to see the rest of the O-line, you know, play with that kind of nasty too. Ted Hilker says, are we going to wait till Sims makes a critical error in the Michigan game to put in H H just H. Okay. But are we? Todd, 
since you're the guy put standing up for Sims here? I'm not necessarily putting up. I'm just saying what's going to happen. Um, I'm saying what he deserves. You know, it might be, Ted. It might be. You know, he might play really well. He might play lights out against Louisiana Tech. You know, he might run for 80-some yards and throw for 300. And then when he goes against Michigan, yeah, he might put the ball on the ground. You know, it's like me at every holiday dinner that ever existed. What are you going to get out of it? Shit, I didn't even know before I showed up either. There you go. Don Dre says, Nebraska has a 70% chance of winning the rest of their games other than Michigan. So says a Kool-Aid drinking Huskers fan. What do you, that's, you know, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's wrong. I just, because I think, I guess like we've said, who figures this out before the other ones is going to be the one that starts winning more games than the other ones. And, you know, it's not just Nebraska that has a ton of crap to figure out. Uh, I if think about it, Minnesota, right? Minnesota has a seventh year coach or an eighth year coach and they beat us because we gave the ball away and gave the game away, but they are really going to struggle. I think if they don't figure out how to be more physical, which is weird to say about Minnesota and then uh, if their quarterback doesn't get his shit together, because they can't just run the ball like they did with Mo. So no, there's a lot of teams the, like that. They don't have the ponies to do it. And, yeah. you know, just talking about physical play, I'll, you know, this Nebraska team is as physical of a team as I've seen seen in quite a few years. I, I don't know how far back. Uh, more physical than any team that uh, Frost coach more physical than any team that Riley coach. I think you got to go back to the Pelini days, you know, and I'm not just talking about on, on defense, you know, the, the offensive line. Well, you know, let's, why don't you read James's comment here? James Marshall, the performance on the O line was good on Saturday, but I won't get worked up until they can look at least two thirds that good against the conference opponent. That's probably a good point. I think it is a good point. They are playing a more physical style of football. You know, yeah. they are, they are firing off. They are, you know, driving, you know, opponents back. Um, I, I, I think this offensive line, you know, is, is going to continue to improve throughout the season. Um, still see some whiffs from time to time on pass blocking. That's frustrating as hell. But um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying there, James. All right. What do we got? We, let's see. Louisiana Tech, uh, they're going to play man and pressure on defense which means, you know, it's going to be up. You know what it means? It means that it's going to be up to our wide receivers to be more physical than they've shown, although that slant play, you know, this past weekend is an example of what they need to do to get good completions to keep the chains moving. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find Louisiana Tech. They're going to be more explosive. I Northern Illinois on, on offense, uh, they have a they had a seventh year quarterback that did not play like a seventh year quarterback. I don't he think got, Rocky Rocky never fulfilled, I think, his promise. You know, um, should have should have stuck to wrestling. He was a hell of a wrestler. Should have pursued that. David Matney says, seemed like we had fewer false starts this game. Yeah, did we have any? I no, we didn't. I, 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 yeah, that was clean from that perspective. Well, and technically, you know, uh, penalty wise, pretty clean. So you know, it was when when John mentioned early on that it might have been the most complete game they've played in a while. I I would concur along those lines. Okay. Brian Hula says the defense is so good that we don't even talk about them. That's just wrong. Well, I can talk yeah. about them a little bit. Okay, talk about them. We're playing 27 or 28 guys. Um, the linebackers, the linebackers are playing lights out. And, you know, it's hard to keep track of who's even in there, um, you know, and making those plays because, you know, they all kind of look the same. They're, they're, they're playing incredibly aggressive sideline to sideline. Um, the, uh, the defensive line is doing what they're supposed to be doing. They are pushing the offensive line. Um, you know, they, they are, they're, they're making a difference out there. I tell you what, um, most improved player for me so far this season on the defensive side 
would be the polar bear. Um, Nash Hutmach, I'll tell you what, that guy is a beast. And, um, you know, he, he is playing really, really well. Now, he's not going to light it up on stats, but that's not his job. His job is to get a good push in the middle and take up as many guys as he can. And and he just fights and claws in there. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm leaving out the defensive backs, but they their coverage this year outside of a cornerback to be named, um, their coverage has been solid too. Here's the best thing about the defense, though. I should have said this at the outset. They are a tackling bunch of fiends. They hit and they tackle. And, you know, I don't know how many of you guys were aware. Uh, I was, certainly wasn't. Maybe you guys were more tuned in than I was. I didn't realize that during the former coaches' era that they weren't tackling during the week. And yeah. and nor were they tackling ever tackling to the ground other than scrimmages. I didn't know that. Yeah. Boy, you can tell a difference because these guys tackle. Um, I don't. They tackle in the open field. They swarm to the ball. Yeah. Todd, they're, they're outstanding. Todd, I I got a question. Yeah. What? Where's Nebraska ranked nationally in total defense? Well, going into this game, weren't they like 70th or 60th or something like that in total defense? I don't know. They're 30th in total defense. Well, that's an improvement. In yards per game. They're 15th in total defense in yards per play. And uh, let's go back real quick. Uh, rushing defense, where do you think they're at? Rushing defense? Yes. 20th. They're third. <laughs> James Madison is first. Air Force is second. Nebraska is third, giving up 46.33 yards per game. Let's go take a look at pass defense. Where where do you think they're at in the pass defense? Not as good as they are in the running defense. <laughs> they're 93rd in pass defense, largely because of the Colorado game. But, you know, I that bodes well for our defense. I think going forward, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what they can do. I, it's just, uh, I, you know, wow. I, I don't think anybody expected that at all. Uh, David Matney says, you'd think our defensive line would improve our offensive line at practice. Well, that's they can. They Honestly, they probably do. So... I think that I, I think our offensive line looks a lot better. It's mostly uh, getting all the timing and execution down on plays still for me. Uh, you're seeing some of the pulling that, you know, that the, they work sometimes and sometimes they're a little slow. I, I, you know, that stuff would be stuff I would like them to see that get ironed out. And I think they'll be breaking a lot more runs. <clears throat> well, Ted Hilker says, I never thought I'd see the day when I could beat Tommy Frazier in a race, but uh, I, <laughs> I bet I can now. Uh, yeah, I bet you can too, Ted. Well, I don't know who you are, Ted, but I know who I am, and I think I could at least give him a run for his money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we are coming up on an hour. I didn't read this whole thing. Cornusker Corner, that's one thing that is very encouraging. Tackling and physically physicality is about culture and having hard practices. So I think it is safe to assume rule teams will just play physical week in and week out. Uh, yeah. I, that, I mean, it certainly looks like it's going to be more the case. Uh, you know, I mean, moving forward with this. Let's see. John Field says, what are they on sacks, John? If I remember right, they're top in the nation, but we'll take a look real quick. They were going into the game. They are third with 14 sacks. Wake Forest has 16, and Louisiana Lafayette has 15. Now let's go to sacks per game, and Nebraska is fourth. So, I mean, they're they're at the top. Anytime you can get in the top five in anything, I, you're pretty damn good. <clears throat> Well, it'll be it'll be fun to watch them play again this Saturday. So, looking forward to that. So, hey, we also we, we we're not going to sign off here without at least acknowledging the fact that uh, Nebraska has gone through the non-conference season on the volleyball court undefeated. 
Um, they look really good the last couple of games out, beating a, a ranked Stanford team, and then they beat uh, Kentucky, who was ranked 21st. They did struggle a little bit in the in the third set last night, but I'll tell you what, with um, with the freshmen that they have on that volleyball team, they are an exciting team to watch. A lot of fun, and you know, Big Ten season opens here soon, and it won't be long until Nebraska gets a shot to uh, end their losing streak against Wisconsin. Okay, you were at the game Saturday night. Yeah. Well, tell us about the light show and all that. But we a lot of most of us probably didn't get to go. The light show in the third quarter was cool. It was the only part of what you would classify as the fan experience that I thought was cool. I mean, it was really neat, and and the crowd gets jacked up for that. But I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm spoiled, but um, the 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 people that are in charge of creating that fan experience, they need to go to Minnesota and take lessons from them. They need to go some other places too, because there's just too much downtime, dead time. And um, they, they need to treat the students better. I, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah. The light show was cool. Um, <laughs> I'm not sold on pulling a low boy with Herbie shooting, uh, shooting t-shirts out of these Gatling guns. You know, that was kind of lame, but um, they can do better at Nebraska. They just need, they need to go see how other people do it. There were drones making shapes. That was cool. I couldn't see them. I saw them on oh, a video you screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, where I sit, we're underneath and I couldn't see them. David Matney was obviously at the game. He says the fans went crazy when Harburg H. We'll just, I guess we're, David, we're going to call him H from now on. The fans went crazy when H was announced as the starter. Yeah, they were kind of excited when he was announced. So. I mean, how does that work? That sounds like something you gasp out in your last breath of your life, you know? Uh, Ooh, I'm with this. No, that's not Fred. it. <laughs> Alex Falls. Alex Fall says they should have drones deliver runses in the stands. Those days are coming, Mr. Fall. I wouldn't expect that it's that far away. I mean, you get given a little maybe tag or something with your ticket, and that's your you know come-to-me delivery thing. Of course, people are going to pull them out of the air and smash them because they'll be drunk and angry. But, you know, the future looks exciting. Fred Sacco says, what does Minnesota do better than Nebraska? I have an attention span better than a flash cube. What was the problem? Oh, I don't even want to go into it. Oh, come on. <laughs> you opened it up. You started this can well, of worms. I'll tell you what. One thing that Nebraska needs to do, and you've, you've been on this bandwagon before, they need to get the students out of a corner. They need yeah, to put the do. students where they can have an impact on the game, and they need to quit restricting the number of tickets that are sold to students. At the yeah. Minnesota game, they had the entire end zone. And, I, you know, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but there were at least one and a half times as many students at the game in Minnesota as there were at Nebraska, maybe twice as many. And those kids, you know, the, at every time out, they are doing something to get those students fired up and engaged in the game. And, you know, they, the same thing for the crowd. At Nebraska games, they're too busy pitching about this sponsor or showing a video about that sponsor or talking about homegrown Huskers or those types of things. You know, if, if you want the fans, go to a game and, and, and notice the silence. Notice how much when, there's, when, the, when the game isn't on, notice how quiet it is in that stadium. It's, it's just different. Okay, uh, we're going to finish up here because we're – Charles Hullett says, I hope people don't boo Sims unless he fumbles the ball and just looks at it. You know, I'd agree with that. Don't boo a guy just because he comes on the field as a starter. That's certainly not – that's certainly not a way to build a guy's confidence. And I realize that a lot of us have this attitude of, well, they're getting all this money for nil. They should be able to take it. Rah, rah, rah. You know, it's there still are guys. You know, we're still on the same side, right? So, yeah. 
David Matney comes back with, how about better mics at the press conferences for the questions? <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice uh, to know what the questions actually are. Richard Fitzwell says they need to bring down the student section to the front rows and get loud as shit. Agreed. Yep. Uh, Lyndon Wilkins points out the problem, and that is more money in season tickets than from the student sales. You know, and she's right, but the thing is, is I don't know. Do you have to soak every last freaking penny out of this stuff? Because your future, your future is dependent upon having those people back. And we seem to be missing that it's quite frankly, as older people, we seem to be missing the fact that we should be taking care of our youth instead of taking everything from them for ourselves. Well, uh, Trent Alberts has said that it bothers him that the highest ticket for a home game in the Big Ten is at Nebraska. The cost? Yeah. Well. He can do something about it. Yes, he can. Uh MWI87 says, I'm tired of there being more to life than Husker football. I want my old life back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so we better hang it up, man. Yeah, we better. We better. You know what? Thank you all for showing up. Thank you for supporting us. David Manny, one comment. Wouldn't a louder student section help create a better atmosphere for recruiting? I, you would think so, yes. I, I would think the student interaction with their people they're actually, you know, the student athletes they're actually going to school with would be, uh, you know, more fun. And I think it would. Okay. <clears throat> thank you again. Thank you all for showing up. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, this is Monday night therapy with John and Todd come back. We're going we'll have, we'll have more live shows like Thursday night, Saturday after the game. And, uh, you know, I just hit the bell, hit the little bell on our channel. So you get notified when we do stuff. Okay. Good night, Todd. Good night, John.